This is Nova Church Halifax, where we love God and love people. Tune in as Pastor Mike Miller teaches from God's Word and how we can have a Nova life, a new life. If you have your Bible tape, you can turn to Acts, Acts chapter 1. Thank you, Shane. Acts chapter 1. Today, we're going to continue a two-part series. We're going to finish today on uh, talking about the Holy Spirit. We talked two weeks ago on the advantage, on the advantage of God's Spirit in your life. And we have an advantage. Today in Acts chapter 1, uh, as time's getting away, but I, I do believe today that God wants to speak to us. And whether you're new to church or you've maybe been in church a while, I want to encourage you, God is always doing something new in our spirit. And uh, Acts chapter 1, I'm going to start reading in verse 4. The book of Acts is really a book of action. It's a book where the church was launched. The church was birthed. The church of Jesus Christ. We are one church of many churches in our city, in our nation, in our world. But the bigger church was launched. And all these actions, these adventures. Some people think the church is boring. They think the Bible is boring. Read your Bible. Listen, a life following God, a life full of his presence, a life following God's plan is a lot of things, but it's not boring. And the book of Acts are people that are giving much, people that are experiencing amazing things and even sacrificing a lot. And God is doing these actions. We pick it up in chapter 1, verse 4. Talking about Jesus before he's getting ready to leave, ascend into heaven. And it says, once he was done eating with them, he commanded them, saying, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized in water, But in just a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jumping down to verse 8. But you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Everybody say power. You receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. For the next few minutes today, just for a few minutes before we... Go drink some coffee, amen, and, uh, and parents, I'll let you know this, parents, if you have kids in junior today, in, in, in Nova Kids, uh, you can go back behind the curtain today, we want to show you, meet the teachers, have a chance to see what goes on back there after the service, they're waiting for you, they're going to expect you to go in and just have a look around, and we'd love for you to do that, but before we do that, I want to talk on this topic today, this title, if you're, you see it behind me, write this down somewhere, Help Wanted, write that down somewhere, that title today, Help Wanted, let's pray one more time, Father, I thank you for today. God, thank you for the Litos for being here. Thank you for every guest that's here. Thank you that your spirit is here. Father, I pray today that you would breathe life into us today. Even as Matt encouraged us, in dark places, your presence is here. May we leave here more like you and more in love with you. I pray for those that are guests today, that they be overwhelmed with your goodness and the goodness of your church. Father, in Jesus' name, everybody said. Have you ever noticed some weeks are tougher than others? Some of you are like, you're too spiritual. I know every day is good. I'm highly favored of the Lord. Some weeks are tougher than, have you realized this yet? Am I the only one that some weeks just aren't always Instagram worthy? Sometimes there's no highlights. Some weeks are tougher. In our calendar, we know that some weeks are going to be tougher. Like the week after vacation, come on somebody. Like, like that, that, that is a tough week. Some weeks are easier than others. The week of going back to school my God, <laughs> is a tough week. That's a tough week. Now, some of you, it's like, you know, that commercial, it's the best time of the year. Not, we, we love our kids. We don't want our kids to leave. And 
Uh, but it's a tough week. Schedules, come on, so like schedules. Kids, like we have a teenager and a soon-to-be teenager, and they were always up early, but something has happened in the last six months, and they like to sleep. They're turning into their father, and they like to sleep, and, and like getting up at 10, 10.30, you know, p.m., you know, a.m., and sleeping. And so this week, we knew it was going to be a tough week. We just knew. Schedules and um, alarm clocks and making lunches and just driving kids to school and the homework. And we just knew that this was going to be a tough week. Last week, well, we drink a lot of coffee in our house. We like caffeine. Come on, because Jesus gives you life, but Red Bull gives you wings. And so we drink a lot of coffee. And so Nancy's like, this coffee, I don't, I don't like this coffee that, that you bought. And I, I don't know, I'm just not enjoying it. And I'm like, you know, happy wife, happy life. And I'm like, okay, baby, I will get you some coffee. And uh, so I went and bought some new coffee. I thought, I'm going to buy some strong coffee, some bold coffee, some dark coffee. It's going to be the kind of coffee that kind of like wakes you up. So I bought this coffee. And so all week we're drinking new coffee. And I don't know about new wine, but we're drinking new coffee. And we are just, uh, kids are back to school. And, and Saturday... Don't judge me on this. Some of you are already judging me. You know you're going to judge me if I have to say that. Uh, Saturday morning, I'm laying in bed, and uh, um, I, my, Josh is downstairs, Nancy's downstairs, and I, I reach for my phone, and I FaceTime my wife from upstairs. <laughs> and this is all I said. I need coffee. Some of you are judging me. It's all right. God's not done with me. God's still working on me. Uh, but I FaceTime. I'm like, I need coffee. And she looks at me. She says, over FaceTime, she goes, we have a problem. Now, it's early on a Saturday morning. I don't need a problem. I don't need unhappy wife because that will be an unhappy life. And I thought, oh, God, it's already early. What has happened? What have I done? You know, what have I done already this morning? And she goes, the coffee, over FaceTime, uh, upstairs, downstairs, the coffee you bought was decaf. All week we were drinking decaf coffee. She's like, you are no help to me. I have to do everything. What were you thinking? I'm like, my God, my God, what have I done? I just apologized. I repented. I put on ashes. I just, I just thought, what have I done? I just, I've, I, you know, my, my, I, I took a vow on our wedding day to give you good coffee. I just thought, I, have you ever realized sometimes what you have isn't working? Have you ever thought, thought that way? That sometimes that in life that what you thought would, you could rely on isn't working anymore. Some things that you used to lean on aren't so stable anymore. Things that you thought could get you through those rough weeks, that get you through those tough times, the tried and steady relationships, maybe it's, it, 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 it's some kind of thing you would, you would put your hope in or maybe just know it's going to be a pick-me-up, wasn't working anymore. I, I want to remind you today as we are talking about the Holy Spirit, we were talking about God's presence and how he helps us. Maybe some of you feel like your faith isn't working. Can we be real today? Some of you feel like, I'm going through the motions, and I'm trying, and I, I, I'm doing my best, but if I'm honest today, I don't feel like my prayers are working. I don't feel like my faith is working. I'm here, but it just feels like it's not like it used to be. It feels like it's just getting tougher. I, uh, some of you even feel like life has gotten tougher since you started your faith. We're doing the numbers. We're going to share it next week, but we've had over 100 salvations since we started. Some of you have, have met Jesus in this room, in this place. Some of you are new in your faith, and some of you, if you're honest, would say, my life has gotten more difficult since I started following Jesus. See, Christianity is a lot of things, but it's not easy. I was talking to someone this week about some challenges, and they said, you know, my, the only person ever gets chased on a, a, a sporting field is the one with the ball. And I thought, I haven't had good coffee all week. What do you mean? And uh, 
He's like, Mike, you know, when you have uh, something of value, you get chased. And some of you, you found God's plan for your life. You found God's purpose for your life. You found eternity, but you also found a reason to get up. And you wonder why you're being attacked or chased. I want to encourage you today. If you feel like life's gotten tougher, it has. Because there is something invalued in you. That's why we lock our doors when you own nice things. That's why you lock your car. Why? When something is valuable, you need to lock it down. And sometimes in our faith, sometimes we think, man, I'm doing something wrong because I'm being attacked or I feel like life is rough. Could it be maybe we're doing something right? But God knew this and he said, I have help that I want to give you. Help is wanted and help is needed. Following Jesus is not easy. Two weeks ago, we started talking about the Holy Spirit and the advantage God gave us with his Holy Spirit. And we said this, we believe in the Trinity of God, that God the Father had the plan. We were far from God. We were separated from God. You, you couldn't get to God. We felt the distance. We could not have a relationship. We didn't know if we died, we could go to heaven. We were separated. We had no relationship or knowing God. There was a distance because of sin and of choices. But God had a plan. Jesus was the plan. Jesus said, I'll be the bridge. I, every time I see the cross, I don't see a religious symbol. I see a bridge from where we are to where we needed to be, from the distance from our choices to the goodness of God's grace. And he stretched out his arms and built a bridge and sacrificed himself to pay a price, to pay a debt, to bring us back into God's presence. God had the plan. Jesus was the plan. But the Holy Spirit, he helps us follow the plan. The Holy Spirit's only job is to help us live like Jesus and to follow Jesus. Jesus had power. He had help. And he said, listen, I have help for you. I'm sending a helper. Help is wanted. I want to let you know today, here's a spoiler alert. We are not good enough on our own. We're not talented enough on our own. We're not, we don't have enough willpower on our own to follow Jesus' example and his teachings. We get offended so easy, don't we? Oh, I get so offended. It's so easy to go, what do they mean by that? What was the tone of that text? Man, that FaceTime with my wife on Saturday morning, I didn't like her tone, you know. We get so offended. We get tired, don't we? I need a nap from my naps, you know what I'm saying? Like, and we're, we're selfish. We're selfish by nature. It's what's in it for me. But our very nature is, I don't know, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to look after me. We're not strong enough, talented enough, loving enough, good enough on our own. That's a spoiler alert, but oh, thank God. He said, no, no, I have some help for you. We need the same power Jesus had if we want to live like he lived. I need to say that again, because the goal of this is not to come and have a cool church. The goal of this is to live like Jesus. That's why we're called Christians, little Christ, to read this Bible and say, what he did, I'm going to do. As he loved, I'm going to love. As he reached, I'm going to live. And become like Jesus. And if we want to live like Jesus, we need the power that he had. That's the goal of this whole thing. That's the end game, is to be more like Jesus when we walk out these doors. We're more like him than we walked in. A year from now, when we celebrate our second birthday as a church, we're more like Jesus. Not a bigger church, though that will happen. Not a cooler church, but uh, not a church that just has more gear, but a church that is loving and reaching and helping and forgiving and, and, and being more like Jesus. That is the goal. And if we want to live like Jesus, we need the power that he had. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 17. You'll see it on the screen behind me. It's really a theme verse for our church. It's where we get our name from, Nova Church. It says this, says, this, mean, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new or a Nova person. Nova means new. That if you belong to Jesus Christ, you become new. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. 
You need to know today that God's calling you to a new life. What can you expect from a life that is filled with, following, obsessed with, living with, filled with, possessed by the Holy Spirit? What can you expect from a life that is filled with the help of the Holy Spirit? Here's what you can expect. You can expect help. You can expect help. Three ways he helps us. Let me unpack this before we uh, go on to the next thing today. Three ways he can help us. Number one, courage. I love that Christian wrote a song, Courage. The first thing he helps us with, there's so many things, and I only want to pick three today. This could be a 20-week series, but it's not today. Next week, we're going to celebrate our birthday, and we're going to look back and look forward. But three things. The first thing I want to let you notate is courage. When you are following God, when you have his Holy Spirit helping us, one way he helps us is with courage. I believe it's a theme on our church for this next coming year, is to step out in new ways. Courage. John 14, 12, Jesus says this. He says, I tell you the truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to the Father. Jesus says, I am with you now, but you're going to do what I did and more. Why? Because I'm leaving and I'm sending the helper. I'm sending the person of the Holy Spirit so you can do more. Jesus said, you're going to do what I did. I read my Bible. He wasn't saying, no, no, you can just preach nice. He was saying, you can heal the sick. He's saying you can forgive people. You can say when you got persecuted and people don't like you and people do false claims against you, you cannot react. You cannot step out out of anger. You can love and have patience. The same things I did, you can do. In fact, even greater. That's what he says. Courage. We are expecting to do great things, not fail. There's a courage in that. You need to know today, when Jesus said, you're going to do greater things, I read my Bible, I don't get discouraged, I get courage, I get encouraged. I'm like, no, no, I don't expect to fail. When I'm in myself, I expect to fail, going, I'm not good enough, I'm not talented enough, we don't have enough money, we need more people, we need more speakers, we need more uh, time, we need more resources. But when I feel God's presence in my life, a courage fills me, no, no, we can do greater things than he did. God is with us. When you are filled with the Spirit of God, a courage comes into your life that's more than who's in your LinkedIn account. It's more than who you know. It's more than what you own or the money in your pocket. There is a courage that is divine that you can step out and dare God to show off. I've had it happen over and over in my life where God said, step out. I'm like, I can't. I, I am not talented enough. I don't know enough people. I am I'm too insecure. And God goes, no, no, by my spirit says the Lord. Not by might, not by power, but by his spirit. I want to tell you there's courage today. Bible says God's not given us a spirit of fear. So much fear, isn't there? People fear of flying, fear of snakes, fear of dying, fear of cancer, fear of, fear of the unknown, fear of government, fear of this, fear of that. God's not given us a spirit of fear. The Holy Spirit is not a fearful spirit. He's not a sick spirit. He says he's given us a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind, confidence, a sound mind, knowing that God is who he says he is. Double-minded. You ever have these thoughts, am I the only one that talks to myself? In your mind, you're, you're saying one thing on a stage like this, but in your mind, going, it ain't going to work. You've been here before. You know, and you start going back and forth. The Holy Spirit puts a courage in your mind and a soundness to your mind going, God said it. He's going to do it. And God is not going to let you down. His promises are true and amen. That God is with you and not against you. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and the pressure. There is a confidence and a soundness in my mind. When God says, step out, I don't got to go. Is this the wrong decision? I'm going to take counsel, going back to faith hacks. I'm going to get counsel from people. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. But when God says it, I step out and I don't look back. Some of you are wondering about decisions and what am I going to do? And should I do? Listen, there's a confidence that comes and a courage when you have the presence of God in your life. Courage. All the Spirit fills you with courage to step out. 
Some of you need to step out this year. We're not stopping as a church. We're stepping out. Why? Not because we are awesome, but because he is awesome. There's a courage filling us. Not on what we've done, but who he is. Second thing that happens today, I want to focus on, when you get help from the Holy Spirit, is you create. For the people that, are, are, that like this, all these points start with C. You're going to like that today. Courage. Second one is create. Genesis 1, verses 1 and 2. Funny, Matt didn't know this today, but he spoke this today. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Translators say that it was like the Holy Spirit was like, God was, Father was holding the Holy Spirit back. And he's like, wait, hold, hold. Spirit's like, let me go, let me go. I just want to create. I just want to create. I just want to build. I just want to do. I just want to bring life. I just want to go into dark places and bring light. And God was hold, hold, hold. And then God said, let it be. And the Holy Spirit, that's it. I'm gone. I'm in. The Holy Spirit is always creative. The Holy Spirit brings life. I want you to know today, when you are filled with the Spirit of God, I believe there's another level of, of creativity that comes on our life. It says in Acts, the Holy Spirit came on the disciples. Jesus said, I'm leaving. I'm sending another. Here's what he said. In Acts 2.6, they heard a loud noise. Everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by these believers. Jerusalem was in the center of the trade routes. People from all the different countries and nations' languages. And all of a sudden, for the first time, they heard men speaking languages that they never learned in school. And they were speaking the goodness of God, the, 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 what God did on the cross, the, the grace of the gospel in their own language. Here's what happens. You can create beyond your education. You can function at a level you were never trained to be at. I believe the church needs to become the most creative force on the planet. See, we have three choices with culture. Culture is everywhere. Culture is what you, it's TV, it's movies, it's music, it's around us. We have a culture on the East Coast. There's a culture in our country. And so many times you have three choices. The first is we can criticize culture. And the church has done this for years. We, we pick it and we protest and we put up what we shouldn't watch and what we shouldn't go. And all we do is criticize culture. And so many times the church has taken a position of, let's tell everybody what's wrong. And they see the church as a list of what you can't do. And they criticize government, and they criticize Hollywood, and they criticize artists, and they criticize people. And we have, That's one option we can do. The second option is we can copy. And so many times the church tries to copy culture of the world. That doesn't work. We try to copy it. Listen, we're not trying to compete with the nightclubs in our city. We're not trying to compete with their light show and, and their marketing. We're not trying to compete. And sometimes we try to copy going, if it works at the dome, it'll work in church. Or if it, if it works on the university, it'll work here. If it works in business, it'll work here. The third option, which I believe is what God wants us to do, is to create culture. I believe God is the most creative force in the history of the world, of all time of eternity. And that same spirit lives in us. I believe new business. I believe there, are, there is cures to diseases sitting in his church. That people are called into medicine, into science, and to learn how things work. And God will create a solutions to problems. I believe social justice and poverty, I believe businesses need to start to help change poverty areas in our city and the creative ideas inside you. I believe there's new creative ways how to reach people with the goodness of God. I had this friend named Chris who lived in Brooklyn, New York. This one guy named Pastor Bill is a friend of mine, and Pastor Bill is the largest Sunday school in the world, and 100,000 kids all over the world in his Sunday school, but in New York is where he started. 
And he has this ministry reaching really impoverished kids, really kids that were in the ghetto and rough places and, and just social and economic and racial and there's all this tension. And that's where he went to do Sunday school. The story goes in the, in the early 90s, he had about four or 5,000 kids in the Sunday school. That's impressive. And they send buses out and they do Sunday school right where the kids were. And uh, this bus would come out, this, this truck and this small bus, and it would, this, the side would fold down. They make a stage in the middle of basketball courts and parks and on street corners. And they put a mat out and the kids would come down and sit, guys on one side, girls on the other. And kids would sit there and they'd preach the gospel in a fun way like our kids ministry with candy and games and music and costumes. And they tell the goodness of God and they'd bring Sunday school to people, listen, I want to let you know this, that if God left heaven to come to earth, we sometimes can leave our buildings to go to people. The goal isn't to get you into church. The, the goal is to get church into our city. That's why your place of business matters. That's why you at school matters. It's not, oh God, I just made it to church. It's like, oh God, the church is going to make it to my class, going to make it to my business, make it to my kitchen. Come on, somebody. They had success, 6,000 kids in the Sunday school, and this one guy named Chris felt this, this inspiration going, we need to make the mats bigger. Everybody said, what are you talking about? He's like, let's make the mats bigger that the kids sit on. They're like, listen, the, 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 the accountant came in, and people came in and go, no, listen, the mats aren't even full. They're only like 60% full right now, 70% full right now. There's not, kids are, if we do that, it's going to add thousands to our budget. We're a nonprofit. We, we're scraping to get money. We're not going to make the mats bigger. He said, I'm telling you, I feel this creative idea. I feel like it's God. Let's make the mats bigger. They made the mats bigger. And overnight, they doubled to 12,000 students in one week. Here's what happened. No one realized this. In these high-rises in Brooklyn and Queens and Harlem, sometimes the elevators weren't working and moms, a lot of single moms were raising kids and they were working and the 10-year-old was raising the 3-year-old. And, and these kids would be in these high-rises in these buildings looking down and see the kids and see this, the mats and see the truck and they think, I want to go down, but by the time I get my 3-year-old little brother or sister changed, I get them downstairs and the elevator's not working, the mats will be full and the rule was you got to sit on the mat in order to get candy and hear the lesson. And they said, we're not going down. And all of a sudden they made the map bigger and these kids in the high rises that they didn't know were there were going, there's more room for me. There's more room for me, come on. And they get their little baby sister, little baby brother and get them down the elevator, get them down the stairs and get them out there. And it doubled, one idea changed everything. I believe you are one idea away from growing your business. One idea away from reconnecting with your spouse where you feel like you've become numb and hard to each other and you feel like now you're just going through the motions. One idea. You can reach your teenager who is far from God and far from you. One idea to speak their language. God is still helping people speak the language of today. Last night we had banjo, which is a language of today. We had DJs, which was a language of today. The music is the same. The words change, but the message is the same. We are always speaking new languages. Parents, God wants you to speak the language of your teenagers. It might be like totes sup, you know, I don't know. LOL, you know, totes jokes, I don't know. But, but God will give you an idea how to reach people. God is creative. I believe we are the most creative being, the church on the planet. God wants us to write songs that plays on Christian radio and mainstream radio. God wants us to write books. God wants us to start businesses. He wants us to solve diseases. He wants us to start schools. He wants us to be creative. Why? Because God is creative. He can't help but create. That's what he does. Third thing, I'm almost done, is change. Oh, I wish I could go on today. But when the Holy Spirit, the help he brings us is change. The Bible says Simon the disciple was full of anger. 
He was full of fear. He was a coward. But when the Holy Spirit came into your life, he turned into Peter, full of boldness, courage, strength. It changed him from a man of a temper to a man of resolve. It changed him from a man of fear to a man of strength and of courage. Change happens when you're filled with God's presence. Saul, Saul was this man that was killing Christians, bent on destroying the church. But when Jesus entered his life, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit of God, he went from Saul, changed his name to Paul, and built the church. Listen, you cannot encounter the presence of God and leave the same way you walked in. My friend, God changes us. It's more than willpower. It's not about trying harder. It's about surrendering more. The whole thing about a life filled with the Holy Spirit is not trying harder. I need more of God. It's no God. I give up more of me. The currency of heaven isn't pesos or dollars or pounds or shillings. The currency of heaven is hunger and thirst. The Bible says, knock, it'll be opened. Seek, and you'll be fine. If you are thirsty, you will be given. Let me ask you today, if you're struggling today, somewhere in your life, you're thinking, man, I just, my faith isn't working. You need some change in your life. And I was talking to someone this week. I was talking to one of our leaders, Matt, last night at the barn party. He said, things are going well. I'm like, yeah. I said, but I'm hungry for another depth in my own spiritual walk. Here's what I've realized. Usually when I'm not hungry for God, it's because I'm full of myself. If you don't think about God until you're putting on your clothes to come to church on Sunday morning, this isn't a judging statement. I would just say sometimes in our life, it's because we're so full of ourselves, our schedules, our priorities, our accounts, our to-do lists, our kids' schedules. And in my life, I need to empty myself to make myself hungry because that is the currency which God fills. A life filled with the presence of God, there is courage on your life to step out. When people say churches don't work in Halifax, do you know they're changing that statistic because of other churches in our church? Now it's like, let's go plant a church in Halifax. Like, just, it was just a year ago. People said, why would you do that in Halifax? Why? Because courage changes statistics to become a story. Some of you, there's been a business that you know it's God. You haven't stepped out, but God wants you to step out. Take counsel, take wisdom, but step out. Some of you, it's with your marriage and your spouse. I'm going to try one more time. But I've been, no, what if I get rejected? What if they laugh at me? What if they reject? No, no, there's a courage coming on you. I believe Creativity new ideas, how to reach our teenagers, love our teenage teenagers. This church isn't just about you. It's also about you getting creative to reach your friends and to reach parents and to reach our city. I believe there are songs and paintings and books. I believe there are jobs. Nowhere do you have to be 20 to do something for God. The devil can take a 12-year-old and a 13-year-old and make their life a mess. A 12 or 13-year-old full of the Holy Spirit can change the world. I also believe there's change that's possible. Change is possible. Some of you are going, I've, I've always been this way. Been in church 30 years, always struggle with this. No, the presence of God says change happens. If Peter walked with Jesus for three years and couldn't change, but then one encounter with the Holy Spirit, it's not about trying harder, it's about surrendering more. What does that look like? It looks like saying, God, I want all you have. The most misrepresented person in the Trinity is the Holy Spirit, because some Christians have made him weird. The Holy Spirit didn't come to make you weird. He came to make you strong, courageous, change you, ignite you, 
create ideas and influence in your life to empower you to follow Jesus. I know this. I don't understand everything in this Bible. If you understand it, I don't. But I know this. This is what I say. God, if you have it, I want it. If it's not of you, I don't want anything to do with it. I want nothing to do with religion, nothing to do with men what try to do or women try to do. But God, if, if you have it for my life, I want it. And God said, you need me to go. Jesus said, I got to go because I have, I'm sending another, the Holy Spirit. You need him. He's your help. He's your helper. I don't know about you today, but help is wanted here. And you need help and so do I. Can you stand to your feet today? As we sing this last song, would you make it your prayer this week in your private moment? And even during this song, here's the prayer today. Here's the prayer we should be praying. Say, God, I want all you have for me. I want help. I want your spirit to help me follow Jesus. If you feel like you've been struggling following Jesus, it's not your heart. It's not your willpower. I believe sometimes, I believe you can go to heaven without ever knowing the power of the Holy Spirit. But the goal is not to get you to heaven. The goal is to get heaven to you. And I know I need more of heaven in me. I need to act like Jesus, think like Jesus, love like Jesus, and I can't do it on my own. I need the presence of God. We're going to sing this song. If we can dim the lights even right now, create a privacy moment. Wherever you are today, as we sing this song, would your prayer be, if your hands are raised as we sing this, say, God, I want help. I want help in my mind. I want help with my kids. I want help with my marriage. I want help with my character. I want help with my talents. I want help with my dreams. I want help with my past. God, I want help in my future. God, help. I need help. The Bible says he'll send his power to help you. Today there's power available. Amen. Let's sing together.